Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Surgical and non-invasive cosmetic procedures are very popular with females that want to lose stubborn pounds, look younger, and achieve a youthful figure. But what about us men? The sands of time and gravity can also take a toll on our physical appearance. Today we have with us Dr. Doug Steinbrack, a leading pioneer in the field of plastic surgery that specializes in helping men. So guys, if you want to know how you can look your very best, get rid of those love handles and improve your confidence don't go anywhere dr steinbrack is in the house and it all starts now it's to your good health radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert dr david friedman changing lives just for the health of it our next guest is certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgeons, and he's the founder of the New York Institute of Male Plastic Surgery. He's considered one of the leading authorities and innovators in the field of surgical and non-invasive cosmetic procedures customized for men. He's been recognized as one of the top plastic surgeons for men by the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, New York Times, NBC, and ABC. In addition to his busy surgical practice, he speaks both nationally and internationally about the unique techniques that he uses to accommodate the desires and body structure of males. He's currently working with an elite team of physicians on the very first textbook focused solely on guys. It's called Anesthetic Plastic Surgery for Men. Welcome to the show, Dr. Doug Steinbrack. Thank you so much, Dr. Freeman. It's really a great pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan. Oh. Oh, great to have you on the show. You know, over the years, I've had many plastic surgeons on the show. You're the first to focus on men. Share with us first, what made you decide to shift your practice to this out-of-the-box niche market? Yeah, it, it all started, I finished up at uh, NYU, which is like a really great program. It's sort of like the Harvard of uh, plastic surgery programs, really uh, fantastic uh, uh, training. And I went in, I got my little place, Park Avenue in New York. And I started my little practice. I figured whisper campaigns, all the ladies are going to come, all the socialites are going to come. And I realized that there wasn't, I heard crickets. I heard crickets. And I was trying to, what I realized is all about um, supply and demand. And there were so many plastic surgeons uh, for women on Park Avenue doing exactly what I was doing. So I read this book. Uh, called Blue Ocean, which is talking about finding your own your own passion. And I had I had a lot of men that were doing, you know, friends that were I was scoping out their abs, and we were doing more and more and more of them. So my business uh, officer, she said, Dexter, we have to do a website just about men. And when we did that, it went viral, and the the business went through the roof for men, and so much so that we cut and pasted it to Los Angeles. And now we're just opening up starting March 1st, our new office uh, in Chicago, which I'm super excited about. Then we're going to go to Miami. So uh, it's really, really been fantastic. That's great. I'm curious when comparing the consistency of skin and fat of a man compared to a woman, is there a difference or does, you know, does it require a different approach at your office? Yeah, it is a little bit different. It's different for men because they have one thing, a lot of facial hair. So when men have facial hair, they have a little bit of thicker dermis. That's the middle layer of skin, even the epidermis. The top, or, top layer is a little bit thicker. But they also, when you're doing procedures, like if you're, if you're doing a little bit of a lift, a neck lift or a facelift, for men, because they have that really thick follicles, those follicles also have a lot of blood supply. So men, you have to be a little bit careful with them because they uh, tend to be a little bit more oozy than a woman. So that's one thing. And also you have to be careful because of the pattern of the hair. 
you have to be careful about where you're moving that skin because you don't want you want you don't want to drag a man's beard back behind his ear where he's shaving his ear or you don't want to drag a man's beard up into his ear because for most women when they do a facelift most women then will bring the skin all the way to the tip of their ear and in inside their ear. But for a man, you can't do that because nobody wants to be shaving the inside of their ear, and it just is not a good look. So we 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 alter things for men because of because of their beard. Uh, so, but that, that those are really the main differences. There are little pockets of fat, like when you're talking about the body. Men naturally will get um, will get love handles. Uh, and and a little bit of uh, around the midsection, uh, whereas women it go, all goes to the hips, as we know. Um, uh, more of the inner thighs, men it's less there. So they're different, slightly different uh, areas in terms of pockets of fat. Men always get this big pocket of fat underneath their arm to the side of their chest, and it really, really is horrible. So we end up doing a lot of. Uh, pulling out of the fat from those areas. So those are differences between men and women. Yeah, I know the m- most common procedure for females is breast augmentation. What about men? Yeah. What's the most common procedure you're seeing with guys? Liposuction is really the abs. We're doing a lot of abs. And we're doing, a, we're, we're taking, what we're doing is we're doing a special thing. I developed a technique called body banging, which is liposuction transfer. So what I do is right. I, take, I take the cells out of, the guys want it, they want to sculpt the abs, they want to take it out of their lower pelvic region. They want to take it out of their flanks. And we isolate those cells, all that ugly fat. And then we isolate those cells for beautiful structure and volume. And then we re-inject them. I put them into the shoulders. I put them in the upper inner chest, give that good sexy cleavage when a guy has a, has a V-neck cashmere sweater on or open neck collar with a blazer. Or we put it into their traps. We put it in their, their deltoids so the shoulders get big. And this is the great part about this, Dr. Freeman. After surgery with old-fashioned liposuction, when the doctors up and down Park Avenue are throwing the fat out the back window into the alley, what happens is a year later when you're sitting there watching Netflix, eating a bowl of ice cream, the calories or the carbs from that vanilla ice cream are going to find new fat cells. They're going to find visceral belly, gut fat cells, or fat cells on the inner right. thigh that compensatorily enlarge. We call that catch fat, C-A-T-C-H, which stands for compensatory adipotrophic cellular hypertrophy, C-A-T-C-H, which means you're going to catch big blobs of fat in new areas. It really happens. Plastic surgeons will tell you it doesn't happen. It does because that ice cream's got to find somewhere to go. But what we do right. with body banking is now you're having that bowl of ice cream, it goes to your shoulders. Your shoulders get wider. Your traps pop wow. and, your shoulder, and, and you get more sexy cleavage in your chest. Or even guys, if they want to have a more, uh, more projection to the glute because they have that fat derriere that their wife complains about, then we can put it there too. And you don't have to worry about it coming back. It's also your insurance policy. It doesn't come back as belly fat or gut fat. And you can relax. You can have your ice cream. You can have bread with dinner, you can have pasta, and you can have it guilt-free because it's just making your shoulders wider. So that's the so, power. So they're of eating bread. ice cream. So so they're eating ice cream, and it's actually doing good for them. Exactly, it's, <laughs> it's going to a good. It's going wow, to good places. that's interesting. <laughs> and it really, really works. And the wife that's says, "Can I have some?" And the husband says, uh, "The husband says, no, you can't have any, honey. That's not going to go to your areas that you and, want." Right, exactly. <laughs> the guy can have it. Well, the women get their cake too because they. Women started putting it all in their derriere, and so that's why that's why the Brazilian butt lifts are working so well. Is because 
all those they they can go home and eat the same ten gallons of ice cream, but it's going to the right spots. That's why people love those BBLs. So it's all about the metabolism of fat cells, and that's why body banging. That's why we're doing surgery on Saturdays. That's why we're doing surgery in three different cities because uh, because body banking really really works. It's one of those few things, Doctor Friedman. It's one of those few things in life where you go and you hear about it and your dad used to say, my dad grew up in Iowa. My dad used to say that thing that dad say, if it's too good, sounds too good to be true, it's probably not. This is one of the few things that sounds too good to be true, but, but it actually is. And we have just galleries full of on our websites that show that show the power of uh of liposotransfer with body bank it's really a lot of fun oh that's awesome let me ask i've interviewed dr orden co-host of the tv show the doctors and dr debrow he's the the show botched and both of them on the show they've shared how females become obsessed with plastic surgery a lot of them do and many are never satisfied keep coming back coming back more procedures and more i'm curious do you find the same thing with men yeah they a little bit less you do well, there's a little bit of difference. I mean, I first of all, I love women. I love men. I love them equal. There's some, you know, really great men patients, really great female patients, or some men or female patients have a thing called body dysmorphic syndrome, BDS. And if they have that, they, they it's that old thing that you've probably heard about where you look in a mirror and you see a completely different person than what your true reflection is. And men can get it too. However, they used to have this thing in the plastic surgery world called Simon. And Simon was S-I-M-O-N. It stood for S stood for single, the I stood for M, immature, the M stands for male, uh, the O stood for over expectations, and the N stood for narcissistic. And this was a boogeyman that was even, it was even in the plastic literature. And what it was was to say, stay away from men. Don't do plastic, aesthetic plastic surgery on men. Men will be difficult patients. I found that not to be true. I'm writing an article about the death. It's called the death of Simon. How male plastic surgery, how male plastic surgeons are, male plastic, um, male plastic surgery patients are just as good as female plastic surgeons. Not to be aware of it. What the truth of that is, and you as a physician know this, surgeons have egos. We have big egos. And what happens is in the, the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, the men would come in. The doctors had no training on it. They didn't want to see them because they didn't know the techniques for men. They didn't know how to get a good result. They would get an average result or a less than average result. The patient would be happy, not because it was a man. It was because the doctor they couldn't do the, the best job, didn't learn the techniques. It's not his fault. So what he does to protect his ego in front of, the patient in front of the in front of his staff is he he goes and tells his staff no more men men are just bad patients because he can't admit to himself that he didn't really have the training and he didn't really have the practice it's okay it's okay it's just the way it is but that's why we set up the institute for male plastic surgery because we want to train these uh, men and women women can do male plastic surgery it's fine we're equal opportunity people here and so they learn the techniques specifically for men and for Dr. Freeman, for men's plastic surgery, we're like living in the 1950s. For women's plastic surgery, everything's been figured out, but no one knew how to put in a forearm implant. No one put in, knew how to put ab implant, implants. We're just, starting to, we're just starting to discover all these things because now patients are asking for them, and so we're getting really, really good at it. We're getting just as good as people have been for doing women's plastic surgery. So now I just finished my first... Uh, uh, male plastic surgery fellowship, aesthetic fellowship for a fantastic guy, 
um, named Dr. Gonzalez, who's going to be an amazing uh, uh, plastic surgeon. He's going to really know a lot about men's plastic surgery. It's all good stuff. That's great. Talk to us about skincare. I know females are notorious for taking care of their skin with products that exfoliate, nourish, yeah. and moisturize. Shouldn't men do the same? Yeah. Men are coming around. The, the, there's been one tip. This was the first generation because I, I, I do a lot of uh, advising for for um, cream companies and right. for uh, for plastic surgery companies. And this was the turning point. This generation is the first generation that said, "No, my father, my father didn't. It wasn't masculine to do it. My father never did. Uh, never had a program. Now, man, this is for the first generation where it's cool and it's masculine to actually have something. So what we're trying to do is get the guys to use a cleanser." We're trying to get them to use some kind of protectant, something that maybe has a hyaluronic acid base to it that they can put on that will protect their face from the elements and a toner. Uh, but these are the patients uh, that that um, the patients, the men that have a regimen, these are the patients that have that look better. And also there's regular things, things that don't cost you any money, like staying out of the sun. Uh, wearing a baseball cap, wearing your your uh, your 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 sunscreen, and this is the thing that the guys are really starting to pay attention to. And men are also starting to do uh, Botox. You know, we call it Botox, but we're putting it everywhere. You know, we're doing Botox, we're doing Scrotox. We got Botox above, we got Scrotox down below. We're putting it in your armpit for sweating. Botox is a neuro, so it's a it's a neuro blocker. It blocks the sweat glands. It blocks the uh, neuromuscular junction for, for the forehead. That's what everyone knows. But you can also put it in your neck. You can put it in a lot of other places to help relax things or help stop sweating. Botox looks, works in a lot of great ways, and men have, have, have finally realized that. And they're not afraid to talk about it. Is that your favorite non-surgical procedure? I know there's so much. you got peels, lasers, no. ulthermy, cool you know, sculpting. You know what I, here's what I love. Here's what I love. What I love is I do male model makeovers. And what that is, and I have a bunch of my ga- gallery and on my Instagram, so much fun. What it is is a guy comes in and he kind of has a weak chin or a weak jawline and a weak cheekbone. And I can hit those areas and I can turn a guy who is sort of mild looking, kind of unassuming, kind of the kid that sits in the back of the class. And I can make his cheekbone pop, his jawline uh, like become very chiseled and give a lot of projection to his chin where he looks like Brad Pitt. And when you look at my website, there are some incredible differences. It's called Male Model Makeover. That is, without a doubt, my tr- truly my favorite uh, non-surgical procedures, all injectables. You can change this guy's life in 10 minutes. And I've taken some guys in our Beverly Hills practice. We've taken some guys that were not really getting parts or they were getting like the buddy-buddy part. And we've turned them into two guys that are getting the, the lead role. They're becoming the wow. leading man. And it's just all in 10 minutes by these injectables to sharpen these areas to give them. I say, I jokingly tell the guys, you know, we want to, we want to give you a, a jawline so sharp that, you know, that people can't come near you because they might get cut. <laughs> yeah. Is there an ideal age? Tell me about age. A lot of people listening is, am I too old? Yeah. yeah. Well, give me an idea. No, you're not. We do. I have, we do people that are as young as nine, 18, 19 years old. If we're, uh, if we're putting in a chin implant or doing some supplemental liposuction, or maybe a stubborn, like the kid might may have gynecomastia, properly known as man, you know, man boobs, something like that. Um, we will uh, we will um, remove that in younger people, all the way up. 
sort of in the twenties, we start to hit, um, we start to hit the dads and then we get all the way up into the senior ages and the way the, where we do necklace and faceless for business. And on my website, I have five different iconotypes I have, and they go through that span, but guys really like, women don't like to be pigeonholed. Guys love it because if, if a guy if you if you understand what kind of type they are, they don't feel bad about it. Women don't like it. Men don't feel bad about it. They say, I'm a jock. I'll own it. And you talk to them like a jock. So my five different iconotypes are the, are the male model or the male actor in L.A. My second iconotype is the daddy. The, so that's our daddy do-overs, the, the uh, athletic dad. The third one is the bodybuilder. Sometimes they need a little, they have the gyno from doing steroids or they need an implant to balance out the body. The fourth one is the, um, we have a little thing based on the biggest loser. We call it the biggest winner. That's a guy who's had massive weight loss. So we do 360 torso tuck body lifts, 270 torso tuck body lifts with body banging all over the rest of the body with the remainder of the fat. And our last guy is the CEO boardroom guy. So for him, he gets a Forbes facelift. He needs to look younger to keep on doing those business deals. And those are our five iconotypes. And they go all the ranges of In ages. Interesting. I know one thing men experience when they get older is dark circles and bags under their eyes. What do you recommend they do to remedy yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. We can treat that non-surgically in the younger people that they don't quite need surgery yet. So we'll go ahead, we'll go ahead and and drip in with a syringe. We'll put a hyaluronic acid in there, um, like Restylane. Uh, uh, and what that does is that just holds the skin and it holds the tissues in place, so they don't, so the tissues don't get weaker. Because what is happening is your cheek, your cheek point, when you're young and you're 15, 18 years old, is nice and high, and it's high on that cheekbone. But with time, with a little bit of aging, with uh, the skin weakening and with sun damage, uh, that that soft tissue kind of drip off your cheekbone a little bit, and it can empty out and cause those circles. So we can early on get it with an injectable, but then when it's a little bit later, when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, then we do surgery. It's a lower eye lift and upper eye lift if you have those droopy upper bedroom eyes. And what we do is we go in through the eyelid, we pluck out the fat very safely, not too much because you don't want to have it to be too emptied out. And then we, uh, we dry it up, and then they don't have that herniating, prolapsing fat that causes the bags, uh, the, the baggy eyes. So those are just fat that we can remove. And then we do a little bit of laser, a little bit of Botox, and you're all set to go. Awesome. What about all, all these various foods that people are supposed to put on their face? I've heard everything about oatmeal, pomegranate, avocado facials to lemon juice to reduce wrinkles and uh, yeah. any of that. Should we, put, be, should we be putting food on our face or eating it? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it goes, it goes better in the mouth. I mean, there's something to balancing out, um, the acidity and the, the right. basic quality. So we're talking about an acid and base changing. You bring your pH down with, uh, with acid, with like the citric things, those are going to bring it down. You can bring it up with something that's more of a kyber, uh, a bicarb that's going to bring it up. But in general, a lot of those are sort of like, um, I don't want to say marketing, but they're, they're, it's clickbait to get people excited about things. And, um, really it's not, you know, it, what you really need is you just need hydration. You need hydration and you need toners and you need the things I talked about earlier, but, um, food is best to go in the mouth.
Right. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. What about, I see a lot of skincare products now sold exclusively for men. Is this just marketing too? Can men use the same skin products that females use? Yeah, they, they can, but there are some um, key ingredients that are a little bit better for men that deal with a thicker, um, deal with a couple things. First of all, they deal with that thicker dermis, so they may have a delivery system that can go more deeply versus the thinner skin of a woman. And like I said before, there are some things uh, that deal with uh, uh, follicles and ingrown hairs. Uh, I have a buddy that's a dermatologist that has great products for uh, patients that have ingrown hairs. So there are some things that are really specific for men versus women. Makes sense. What about bouncing back? Do you see a difference? Do females heal quicker when the procedures are done or men or is it tie? Guys are absolute wimps. There's something. (laughs) Hey, I resemble that. (laughs) (laughs) I resemble that comment. Guys, guys are apps, and the bigger they are, Dr. Freeman, the bigger they are, the bigger wimps they are. Oh, wow. I love men. I love men. But there is something about one thing. It's called Uh um, childbirth. Childbirth. And the the fact that women um, have, you, you know, can. Uh, deliver a child and the extraordinary amount of pain. Keep in mind, they were doing that way long a time before we had anything we knew about opiate receptors. Women were delivering, and they have a much higher pain tolerance, and they, um, and also they are much, much less likely to pass out. They're less likely to pass out when they're giving birth and blood is hemorrhaging yeah. everywhere, or just with their monthly habits when they see blood. They're just less likely to, to pass out. Men, big wusses. When you, um, when you take out all the garments, they get, you know, they get in the, in the business, Dr. Freeman knows it's called vagal. They get, they get a little bit lightheaded. Uh, women will have surgery and they'll, they'll, I had a woman in park at, in my Park Avenue office. I did a full tummy tuck, really pulled it out, gave a good yank to it. She walked out with her Dion von Furstenberg wraparound dress, her kitten heels, and these these big uh, Jackie Onassis sunglasses. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I said, "Who is who is that woman? Um, why is she going the other way around?" And they said, "They said, Dr. Steinberg, actually, that was your your pa- your patient." And she did she did all that after she had a big tummy tuck. Men cannot do that. Um, so men are a little bit, but men are a little bit more of a wuss. But one thing I will give to the guys. The guys, and this is this not being sexist, um, but the guys, a lot of times the guys will, you know, they'll 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 be finished with it and they'll say and they'll say thank you, doc, and they'll run right back to the gym, they'll run right back to work, they'll run back to the office, and they'll dive right back into life. Sometimes I see women, and this is not to be sexist, but sometimes I see women that they should be focused on themselves, but they're focused on. Um, other people's responses to them. They're, they're focused sometimes on, and again, I don't mean to be sexist whatsoever, but they may, they may be focused on their, you know, their husband or their boyfriend. How come they don't love me anymore? Or how come I'm not getting my job on the air? Uh, you know, how come I got fired about being an anchor woman? Where the, and some of this is based on truly out of fairness to those women, it's based on a sexist, uh, world that we live in, and they're and they're and they're, and they're reacting to it. So that's right. a whole other conversation. But I do I do see the guys jumping right back to work, jumping right back to the gym. 
Right back in there. Uh, last question uh, for, for men that are considering going to plastic yeah. surgeon. Is there anything they yeah. should look for? Uh, certain type of certifications, certain warnings that they should yeah. avoid? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you want to you make sure, first of all, you want to make sure that when you go to their website, they actually do it. A lot of guys will buy, and this is a little, this is a little backstage action. A lot of, a lot of, not guys, I'm saying men or women, a lot of physicians will call themselves, you know, the best male plastic surgeon in the city or whatever. And then uh, they'll just buy the Google ads and they'll pay a lot of pay-per-click and they'll get their name up there. But when you click on the ad, it goes right to rainbows and butterflies and orchids. And it goes right to a women's website. So they're wolf in sheep's clothing. So what you want to do is you want to get to their website and you have to go to the galleries. I mean, we have, we have thousands of pictures of men on our men's website, on our, our male plastic surgery website, maleplasticsurgery.com. So that is, that is the proof in the pudding. They have to have a lot of them. That you want somebody who's board certified and you want someone who is, is the, the highest orders, uh, American Society of Plastic Surgery, now known as the Aesthetic Society, or if you're going to facial, I want to be fair to the facial plastic surgeons out there. If you're, if you, if you're going to a facial plastic surgeon, that they're also a board certified and a member of their societies. But those are, that's what you're looking for. Uh, when you when you want to make sure that you go to someone who's really serious, and also you, when you go there, you want to make sure that when you speak with the doctor, that you can ask them, do you have another male that's had pec implants, that's had bicep implants? I want to talk to them. And if the if the guy can't bring one single patient, that means he probably hasn't done the procedure before. So you, you that's the other thing you want to make sure that he has the pictures and that he has the patience. What if he says, okay, after I do your procedure, I will have one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll be the one. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a whole different situation. Uh, yeah, that's, that's great. a whole different situation. Great, great info. Time flew by. So much we could cover here. Uh, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. This is a great new uh, topic here on To Your Good Health Radio. I really enjoyed it. Hopefully many of our male listeners learned a lot, took some great notes. And for more information about Dr. Doug Steinbreck and plastic surgery for men go to maleplasticsurgery.com and while there be sure and check out his video library and other resources that he has available that website again is maleplasticsurgery.com and you can follow him on facebook and instagram at maleplasticsurgery for my daily facebook and twitter posts i'm at dr david friedman on instagram i'm at dr d friedman if you heard dr steinbreck share something today that would benefit somebody you know send them a link to this podcast it's available at to your goodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com and peruse our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, co-workers, and on social media. This information is too important to keep to yourself. Sharing is caring. You can subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.